Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Petty Little Things with your hosts, Victoria Secret and Davina Devine. Hi, Petty bitches. bitches. Welcome to Petty Little Things. This is Davina Devine. And this is Victorian Secret. And we are coming to you remotely from, uh, we're in international waters. Yeah. I am representing the good people of the Emerald Isle uh, in Ireland. And Victoria is over there with... I'm, I'm in <laughs> Wales at the moment. In the valleys. Yeah, in the valleys. <laughs> and like, uh, international waters, you're not the strongest swimmer. I'm a bit nervous right now. It's okay. I have one of those things that Ramona Singer uses to float in in the pool. You know one of them? What are they called? Floaties? Is it? Floaty. No, you know, like the, the tube that floats? She likes, she holds onto them. She kicks her legs. <laughs> she's lying. She's using a breastplate at the moment. She's yeah, doing a float oh with god. a breastplate. Oh my god. Imagine like you're, you were on a plane, the plane crashed, and you were like, <laughs> put, on your, put on your life jackets now, and you had a breastplate. <laughs> <laughs> like Big, for huge. Me- like, although some of them are like weighed with silicone, you'd probably yeah. sink. Yeah, you would. Some of them are, are, some of them are stuffed with cotton. Mm. Um, which actually are quite buoyant. So, <laughs> well, can we listen? Have you been in a swimming pool in drag? I can't remember. Um, no, but I've been in the sea in drag. Yes, <laughs> which is probably a bit more dangerous. That is more dangerous. You, me, Shirley Vader, we all got in the sea out in Fire Island in full drag yes. and did a splashing around photo shoot. Oh, oh girls gone wild, hot girl summer. It was actually really fun, but I just remember I just said, "Oh my god, my tan is coming off!" It was like <laughs> it was rubbing on the sand. It was like exfoliating because I was in the water. Uh, I I look back at that time and I was like, at the time I thought I was gorgeous, and now those photos could be used to troll me. Like I was a witch. Like yeah, no, I I actually don't mind those photographs. Thank God they they aged well for me. I'm not so bad. I thought I was like C.J. Parker from Baywatch when they were to see. <laughs> 
Oh my god! And like literally, like we all committed that that was the only thing that was a good. You know time. what the funniest thing was? So tights in sand is just the funniest. Like you just, yeah. I think Shirley wore tights in. Did she? No, she didn't. She wore a long dress because there was dress. talk. There was talk of wearing tights, and you can't wear tights in sand. No. Like it's absolutely disgusting. Like yeah. imagine the feet of the tights. Like yeah, be like a sieve. Like the sand would be going through <laughs> onto your little toesies. Oh, just gross. But at the time, I was still wearing um, boobs that were made of rice in tights. Like, so yeah. I remember they got it's wet. It's dangerous. It's like danger drag. Yeah, I got, they got wet though. And I just remember being freaked because we were actually like going out and drag that night as well. And I was like, yeah. these rice titties are going to stink <laughs> from the sea. Like, Do you remember sometimes if, and I think it did happen in Fire Island as well when, uh, or if we were away like in say Grand Canary and it was really hot, they'd start to boil in the bag as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you'd have like semi-boiled titties. Kind of smelled nice though. Do you know what I mean? You'd nearly be wanting to get a fork and be like, mm, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> throw a few peas in and make it a dish. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what I ate last night was rice, but there was no rice peas. And peas. Yeah, no, just oh, rice and like, um, oh god, it was gorge, but it was like freezing uh, chicken katsu. Oh, lovely. Oh, chicken katsu. Well, of course, uh, Victoria is over in Wales and. Uh, Pride has just happened here, so we're we're doing this remotely today. Yeah. Um. So we're over the Zoom. So if there's any sound issues, take it up with the HR department. Yeah, we're not interested. <laughs> Let's start with with Pride. Okay. So, firstly, like I was looking at you, thinking, how is she? Because you went to the George, you had a little day gig that day mm-hmm. as well, and I was like, if I was at home right now, I think I'd be in bed because like it was a long, long week. It was a long, long week, but um, I have to say I did a gig for um, for a company on Friday night, the last one of the day, mm-hmm. which was like, we did a lot of gigs last yeah. week. And I was like, oh, thinking to myself, oh God, how am I going to get through this? But it, they were such a great crowd. Yeah. Uh, really, really fun. They just snapped me out of the like conundrum, you know? So I, well, after that was done, I was kind of like, oh, that was actually really fun. So then I decided there and then I was like, I'm going to like get all my shit together, put everything away, clean all my brushes, make life feel like normal again so yeah. when i woke up on saturday i i was ready okay. i was ready to like almost like a clean slate whereas like this that time last year mm-hmm. i was dead i was mm-hmm. dead yeah so it was nice to just feel a little bit like alive again i had a little cry when my last virtual gig was over <laughs> like like a proper cry and i was kind of like a bit shook as well um and i text you uh, i'd say about three four hours later because i hadn't heard from you and uh, I was like, are you okay? Because I was thinking, if I'm crying, like, what way is she at the moment? You're like, no. Yeah, I'm fine. I just can't talk. Just no talking. Yeah, it was just, I was all talked out, like, on, um, I think it was Thursday. Mm-hmm. It was like, we did, like, I did seven back to back. And at the end of it, I was just, uh, my throat was in bits. I was, yeah. I, it was actually just, and it was minute to minute hour to hour so like you'd be lucky if you had like four or five minutes and then do you remember on Thursday we um we had a, a gig together and there was a little issue so yes. I was like I was gearing up to go into one of the hours with Victoria and where mm-hmm. again remotely mm-hmm. I get a text oh god I could just I, fe- I could feel when I got the message <laughs> I said oh god I could feel the sinking feeling because I've been there yeah we Victoria had like double booked herself at yeah. two different places yeah and I was like I'll take care of it I'll do it I'll just handle it yeah <laughs> and, and then she I said did it. It. 
I said you had technical problems, and then you you outed me and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry that never happened." And I was like, "Fuck!" I was such a line for you. <laughs> I told the truth in an email straight after. <laughs> to be fair to the company, they were absolutely brilliant, and Davina obviously slayed it. But um, what you didn't know what was happening at the same time was so the Zoom was on my Zoom account, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I had also booked the other one through my Zoom account too, using them both. Now maybe these big fancy companies you can have a couple of Zooms at the same time, mm-hmm. but honey, I am not paying that much. To have two no. zooms at the same time, so I had started the zoom for you. Meanwhile, I went to start my own, thinking, "Oh, that's grand, everything's okay." And it was like, "If you start this zoom, you're going to end the other zoom." And I oh just kept gosh. thinking, Divina, "That's all I needed." <laughs> Davina will murder me if I oh. cut her off right now. So I had to, yeah. I had to tell a little lie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the tech isn't working. <laughs> I was like, my zoom keeps crashing. I, I here's a link to a Teams invite. Uh, come join me over here. And I just sat on Teams like this, waiting for people to come in, going, "Please oh. show up, please show up, please show up." And they did, thank God. Oh, hilarious! Like the trial, we were only talking about this just before we start recording. Like that, we've had so many instances uh, over our virtual experience yeah. that we're going to have to uh, dedicate more time because there's been some really funny things that people don't know have been going on behind the scenes. But we'll come back to that another day because 100%. we need to we need to like let the PTSD settle before yeah. we go back to it. We're survivors. Like I'm starting a virtual events, um, like survivors group. After all this, I think we should, and it would just be it would just be me and you as the members. <laughs> I had real FOMO though because I was like looking, and I could see that you were like in the George on Pride Saturday. Like, how what, what was Dublin like on Pride Saturday? Tell me. Um, well, like of course the streets were wild. Mm-hmm. Like of course, you know, like. It were, they were actually it was mental mm-hmm. um, the George was nice because it was like controlled and it yeah. was like you know you had a little bit of space and I realised I was like I can't be dealing with those crowds and like it's just not for me Yeah. like and I don't understand why people like why you'd want to stand around in that ma- mental crowd uh-huh. regardless of uh-huh. COVID or like even at Pride you know when we go to our, like I, we go in we do our thing we get out yeah. like I need a bit of space I need a bit of comfort I want to sit down I want so to be able true. to chat I don't want to be fucking pulled out of left right and centre do you know what I mean yeah. that's just it's not appealing to me Yeah. although maybe I suppose it's probably about like people have to cruise and a little bit of a thing yeah maybe. I go for them, but but yeah the street streets were mental and uh, there's lots of videos going around of like um, did you see that video about the, the Gardaí like there was something going on in St. William Street yeah and this little woman Gardaí she's like re- really small um, blonde Gardaí mm-hmm. and she was like slapping drinks out of people's hands well oh, I yeah. shared that on Facebook or on um, Instagram yesterday and somebody said she was around Cable Street on Pride as well and she was slapping drinks out of people's hands oh my like God. it's mental oh my you know God. and it's I know it's everyone the anger in the streets and in the air is just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's mad like yeah, i watched that video and i thought okay right listen i know the guards are actually trying to keep some peace at the moment when it's a bit wild on the street but also it just made me think it, where's the training here like where but is but also the thing and that's what i like i put that on loads of people said you know you should try being a guard divina for a day or whatever and i'm like firstly i don't want to be a guard that's yeah. not what i'm not signed up to be a guard so that's well those trousers and, would look disgusting on you for a oh, start like, imagine real severe crease down the front yeah um like very 1940s style. the waistcoat though imagine your dits and them like your dits with a oh, gorge yeah. in that waistcoat <laughs> like so i could see that but maybe with a hot band version of the short of the trousers yeah and a gelée mm. <laughs> uh, but like the one thing that, that people are forgetting is that like there's been people have had lots of bad experiences with the guards yeah. like and I've seen it with my own eyes you know like of course there's good guards it's like in any organisation there's good and there's bad mm-hmm. but but it's it's getting to this weird because it's it's 
they have no the legislation the rules the regulations it's all getting blurry and the yeah. waters are getting murky yeah. and what they what their power is isn't clear people are you know it's we're what is going on? Like, it's, it's such a strange energy in the air. I don't know. And, like, let's face it. In the video I saw, it wasn't just her. There was um, no. a couple of very thick uh, fellas there as well who were guards yeah. too. And I was like, that's come on. Like, do you know what I mean? There's ways to speak to people. There's ways to, like, handle mm. crowds. And that's not it. Do you know what no. I mean? What was going on there? Um, I don't know the full story. But I, yeah. I have and to say. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's I was the thing. shocked, only- though. Yeah, and and it, there's always things like that. And I think when they see the cameras, they mm. start getting defensive because they're like, you're going to put this up online. And I'm not being sorry, but they should be allowed to be filmed. Yeah. Like, they are working for the state. Yeah. So if you're going to be doing something dodgy, like, you shouldn't be doing it because mm. you actually are working for the state. So mm-hmm. it's a really weird situation. And the anger and the... the I'm sure they're frustrated as well. They're mm. not really well looked after, like, financially. And you know all this, like... Right. Like, they put up with a lot of crap. They do. So I can understand the frustration, but it's like it feels like there's no control there's no in like it's just mental at the moment yeah yeah imagine you as a guard though if the cameras came out you'd just start lashing on the lip gloss you'd be like oh hold on one second just gloss up these lips <laughs> the bean guardie <laughs> oh stop here my lips yeah. keep um okay bleeding to those who are listening does not mean actual blood it means like smudging out of the corners and oh I, I think it's because i haven't had them filled since like last october so they're just i think i've got my old itty bitty lips back don't <laughs> <laughs> know that like the lipstick is bleeding like it just keeps coming out this like side corner just like bleeding out and i'm going maybe there's just no lip to stop it powder from... it powder okay. it i bet you it's not powdered enough powder the corner of the lip and then draw on with the pencil okay see that's why you were the original mac girl yeah, lots of powder on the lip powder and then draw the pencil on. Like foundation's not so great because foundation's emollient based. And okay. yeah, so the powder will just keep it dry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, anyway, I, I'm actually thankful. We are doing two shows a day here. And when I first got here, I was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Because we had just done mm-hmm. like so many virtual shows, like so many virtual shows. Um, it's really nice being back on stage. However, the the rules, girl, the rules of like like last night, thankfully in Birmingham, they were allowed to cheer, but like Manchester, so they haven't been allowed to cheer. Not in Manchester, no, because it was some girl's birthday. So like oh, I'm God. I'm getting into the shows, like I'm having a ball mm-hmm. with some of the people, and I was like, okay, we're gonna sing happy birthday to her. Well, I've never seen a manager run across a room quick enough to be like, oh. make them stop, please, make them stop, because like oh. they could be shut down. So like it's very real. That's what they're dealing with. But like, um, so yeah, it's like everyone's getting their fucking degrees again. So it's like Davina Divine graduating with honors degree, and then you step up on stage and everyone goes, clap, 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 clap. God, that's it's just so depressing. Like, um, just before we got on the call today, like there's a lot of talk here now about the indoor dining being postponed again. Yeah. And of course, all this usual chitter chatter before there's actually an announcement. So people are riled up and raged. Mm-hmm. The same thing, like. I'm done, I have to say. Yeah. I'm done. I realised to, after today, with all these restrictions, like people would want to be dropping dead in the streets for yeah. the way they're behaving, mm-hmm. the way the restrictions, listening to Nemphic constantly and just like, who's running this country? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is running this country? And it's like, there's not enough people in hospitals or ICU. The cases aren't strong enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm fucking sick of like, not having an opinion about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like society and everything is moving except for me. I feel like we're the only people that have not been allowed to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Like there are people literally like, you know, doing the most useless jobs that are back in there doing things like, and 
we, we cannot work. Mm-hmm. There's no element to my job that we can actually do. Yeah. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I feel so, so annoyed. And people are saying, well, you know, it's the rules and regulations. If it, if you're waking up out of your bed and going to the end of your bed and turning on your computer and your life hasn't really changed, mm. then you sit the, sit the fuck down and mm. don't be fucking talking because yeah. my life's been turned upside fucking down mm-hmm. in the last 15 months and I'm fucking done. Yeah. I am done playing by the rules. I'm done staying home so granny can be safe. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. You've yeah. got all you have out of me and I am fucking raging now. I'm sorry to go on a rant. No, no, you're I fine. Feel... I, like, come here, listen. And like, to the, to those uh, listening at home, like, it's been a year and a half. So like, you're not only speaking out of frustration, you're emotionally drained. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Drained. From like, literally the world has completely turned and yeah. you're not able to see an end in sight and that's where yeah. it that's coming from like it's it's there is no end in sight right now where no. we're like okay we're going to be back to our regular jobs and and a job that both of us have worked on for a yeah. long long time this is not this is not like my sideline where it's like you know i'm working in a call center during the day and i'm doing mm. a bit of this or like this is my been my full-time career that i've invested like my whole life into yeah. and to have that pulled from under you every event that you do you can't actually do mm-hmm. you can't like it's just you the, that feeling of like that sinking feeling mm-hmm. that just isn't going away is like it has me up the walls yeah and it's like it's enough now i've had enough I've had enough playing. I play by the rules. Mm-hmm. I've we've pivoted. We've made things work. We've turned fucking, you know, cotton into silk many fucking times over mm-hmm. this. And I'm done. I'm exhausted. Yeah. And it's like it's not fair. Yeah. This is not fair. It's unjust and it's not fair. And yeah. So I know people probably listen to this gone and ranting, but it's like it's been really fucking hard. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. The only thing I'd say is I'm seeing like the girls in like America and they're getting back to work now because you know, there's an uh, like the vaccination program has really flown over there. However, like before, like the week before going to the UK, I was really trying to get a vaccination. Um, it is opened for my age, and the bit where I, sorry, I know we don't really want to talk too much about COVID. The bit I was a little bit confused about was like I was ringing the HSE, going, "I'm about to go to the UK. I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. I am the age that is now allowed to be vaccinated. I would preferably like to go with one vaccine." already done considering mm-hmm. how um many cases of the variant there are over in the uk so yeah. um and they were like literally like nobody was able to help me nobody not mm-hmm. not one thing and i'm like that doesn't make sense to me that doesn't i'm saying i want to before i go to a place that is having a lot of you know issues with the variant and actually that's a positive thing right and my mm-hmm. age group's open but anyway uh, I think we should stop r- ranting about that. What I will tell yeah, you is... It's just, it's just very draining. Like, and, and even before we got on this call, because I was so triggered by like things that I'm just seeing, because again, all these announcements are coming out and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's it's affecting my whole mood. And it's yeah. like, there's no escape from it. Even when you're like, I'm not going to watch the news because it's just bringing you down. And you just, you can't get away from it. No. It's like, it's at every turn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you wear heels all day on Saturday? I did. Uh, w- were you standing much? No, I was sitting a lot of the time. Okay. And they were they were brand new gorge heels as well. So that was actually quite okay. They were. Because I can tell you, my feet are at the point now where they're not really fitting into my shoe. Oh, because yeah. they're so swollen from not wearing oh. um, like a high heel in so long. Well, we've been wearing slippers. <laughs> much at home. Like, and not the Cinderella kind, like proper slippers, slippers. Um, yeah, so, th- no, I've, like I've, I've invested in a few. I actually just, I was showing you there on, on cam. I was like, I yeah. bought this new, these new pair of shoes. So I've like literally got gorgeous heels ready to go. Yeah. And I've been buying these since like 
like April and May because I'm like, oh, you know, opening is coming, yeah. opening is coming, opening is coming. No, uh-huh. it's still not coming. Uh-huh. It's July. Uh-huh. The summer's going to be over. And now people are saying we're going to be back in lockdown for September. Uh-huh. Like, I'll tell you this now, if that's the case, say goodbye to my wooden floors because I'm going to be walking them to bits with my new heels. They're going to get it. <laughs> no, I think you should go to Australia, hun. Oh, do you know what? It's looking likely at this fucking point in the game. I know, yeah. And you know how I feel about Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's queen, make room on your couch. Um, come here, we need to talk about Britney. Um, because yes, it's it, Britney Bitch. It One, is Britney two, Bitch. Three, hashtag free Britney. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah so, what a bomb, what bombshell story. I mean, it's what everyone was suspecting, right? So it's not exactly like, oh my god. But then when you hear it actually being said, and especially some of the things like the IUD in her arm and the fact that she's not allowed to get married, and like she's been with that guy for a long time as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little bit fucked, no. There is, but you know, the other thing about, like, the, of course it's terrible what's going on, that she's no control and nobody's reached out to help her, or, like, that's the part that I find terrifying. It's like that someone who's such a big star, yeah. such a living, like, so publicly, it's, like, how is this constantly happening throughout history? It's like yeah. these people are kind of almost like shells of the former self, like Princess Diana, mm-hmm. like, you know, Britney, Michael Jackson, all these big, massive celebs basically can't live their life. Do you know, like they're, yeah. they're totally hunted by the media. And now, of course, with all this legal stuff, it's just nuts. Yeah, totally. Really nuts. Like, it's slightly heartbreaking. You can tell how frustrated she was. Like, mm. she literally said, Mom, I came in and read all this to you before. And you let me... Where is her mother? Where is the mother? I don't know. What's going on there? And what's the story with the sister? Like, so I know the dad has been painted out to be this big monster. Mm-hmm. And to be from what I read, like, he seems like an absolute tyrant. But mm-hmm. where is... The mother wrote a book years ago about having a relationship and being like a mother-daughter book mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like a, like a New York Times bestseller. So... I'm sorry that that book needs to be taken off the shelves because if she's yeah. letting her daughter go through that what is going where is Lynn Spears yeah and why are why aren't they really speaking part of me yeah. wonders is it because they're on the payroll do you know what I mean yeah the other thing about um, like there, there has to be a fine line and that's the thing as well like it, with mental illness or things like that and we, like I've had friends that definitely have suffered like mental health episodes yeah. where you know, you see somebody is like kind of like normal one minute and then all of a sudden you see them deteriorating rapidly. And it's like, where is that moment when things go back to how they were? And and speaking from my experience, I've had two good friends in particular mm-hmm. uh, that have never like they have that had mental health issues and they have never gone back to how they were ever like bounced and, back completely. Yeah. And one one in particular, ha- like has struggled with similar uh, issues, very similar to Britney, bipolar, mm-hmm. kind of that kind of, you know, that mm-hmm. vibe. And that person in particular um, kind of relishes in, in, in the mental illness, okay. doesn't want to get better. Do you know the kind of way? Okay. Which is, is really sad to see because it's like everybody just wants that person back. But that person is almost like you kind of grieve for that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like mental health is such a, is such a, uh, such a, you know, delicate topic and a delicate yeah. thing because it's so... It's just becoming more and more prevalent. Many more more people are suffering from it. And then I have another friend who just like is, is just gone. You know, there's just mm. like these just, just he's never going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad as well. So you have that fear of like, you know, that I see kind of where the conservatorship, the, the general care part comes from, but right. that's just been handled really, uh-huh. really bad in that case. Okay. So you but, mean it, it started with potentially good intentions and has yeah. turned into this monster. Uh, 
Well, like, do you remember, like, back in the day, like, when we, like, we were reading that blow by blow mm-hmm. on Perez Hilton when she was yeah. going through all, and she was cru- cruising around in the Mercedes yeah. with Sam Lufty and all back in the day. And we were literally saying to each other, we were having conversations saying, this is just not going to end well. No. It was just, she was, you could see she needed help and nobody was intervening and she had the run of everything. So, of course, somebody had to step in and everyone was delighted when, when, you know, things kind of did calm down. Yeah. But, but this is outrageous. Outrageous. Like, you know, like people have to be given the, the opportunity to prove themselves yeah. that they yeah. that they are better because people do get better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and also, like, should one person like really ever have that much power over somebody like that? Do you know what mm. I mean? Because it really does yeah. feel like he is steering the ship. Um, I hope something happens. I don't know what will happen, but it sounds like it's a bloody slow process and I'm sure, yeah. m- imagine how frustrated she is. Like, we're frustrated. Imagine how frustrated she is yeah i'd say though with all the media attention and the pressure and i think being able to actually get her voice out there things will have to like there's gonna have to be some kind of action taken there has to be yeah so hopefully i'm on team britney i think she deserves the opportunity to to even try even on on a even on a temporary basis just to be like you know free yeah. She need, she deserves that. She deserves the opportunity. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. Like when I heard that they were sending her to a very public place to get therapy and that she was coming out. Yeah, clearly that's emotional. cruel. Cruel. But like, I'm where, where do they think that's going to end? Mm-hmm. That's going to break someone down like yeah. bit by bit where it's like, what do they want? Do they want her to like... On lithium you know, apparently. Like, yeah, like insane yeah. stuff. Insane. So yeah. anyway, it's something we're all obviously going to keep a close eye on. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. Uh, what else I've been uh, obsessed with is uh, there has been a Sky documentary that came out called Murder at the Cottage. Ooh. You know, you know, I love a crime documentary, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a real story. I love getting my Jessica Fletcher on and yes. having a little snoop. So it's about um, Sophie Tuscan de Plantier, who died in Ireland. Do you remember back in 1996? Okay. It was all big. I don't, you probably don't remember that case. I was obsessed with like crimes back when I was a kid. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was, she was basically um, bludgeoned to death in the laneway of her, of her house. But the house okay. is so remote. It's in the middle of like nowhere in West Cork. So um, film director Jim Sheridan, he done this Sky documentary. Jim Sheridan, who also directed In the Name of the Father. Where oh, I, yeah, your starring role. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, my starring an, role. I, I, are you on IMDb as the as the kid from <laughs> In the Name of the Father? Yeah, that's a kid in brown coat. Yeah, Were you in a Spice Girls video as well? No, no, that wasn't. No, that would have been the dream. But it, no. it was filmed near you though, was it? No, it was Stony Batter. They did Stony Batter and Wicklow. Oh. So no, no, they just no. It was kind of it was kind of like the house is kind of where where I grew up as a kid, but it yeah. wasn't. It was just the look. But yeah, so this documentary they had it was supposed to be like a four part. It was over four weeks, and then I only found out last week that Netflix is bringing out a documentary this week on Wednesday. It's actually out. Uh, like this is Thursday, so it would have been out yesterday. Okay. Uh, they've released it so obviously they crammed Sky wants to get theirs out first mm-hmm. so they did two episodes per week so they finished their episode last Sunday so the new Netflix one is coming out so uh, it's all about basically the man that was accused Ian Bailey uh, and about kind of going through all the witness statements and what was seen and just trying to kind of pick, piece it together it's very interesting Okay, love and that. then you kind of have to come out with your own you know your own um, concept at the Con- end of it conclusion, conclusion like- yeah and yeah, so the Netflix one is supposed to be slightly different though, because the Netflix one, uh, Ian Bailey is taking action, trying to get interviews taken out of it. So oh. uh, yeah, so I was left kind of thinking from the Sky one, maybe that he didn't do it because there was no evidence. Like the evidence is just really murky, and mm-hmm. uh, and then in this one, apparently people are saying that it's 
it looks like he does do it so i don't know so i'm dying to see the netflix one mm-hmm. but we'll wait and see okay love that well i went back to the yeah. cinema and just because the cinemas are open does not mean the movie's going to be good because fucking no. hell that hitman's body's wife's whatever it's called oh Ugh. something the mob the mob something i don't know it was something like that anyway jesus it was awful two hours of just i mean thankfully the popcorn was really good so that was something <laughs> little, little <laughs> snack you know but the film was terrible i thought i'd never get out of there I went back to see Nobody. That How was movie, that? Lassie. That was actually really good. Mm. I quite like a hardcore violent movie. Me too. I love seeing people yeah. get the shit kicked I, out of them. I think that's just like the it, like the COVID frustration in me. Yes. <laughs> it's just like yeah, you yeah. want to see someone getting the fucking getting dumped. But it was actually kind of good because it was that kind of um kind of reminded like Quentin Tarantino style, mm-hmm. like violence, like OTT violence, but yeah. in a kind of cinematic way. It was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And Christopher Lloyd is in who played Uncle Fester. Oh, so and, he has this kind of Back to the Future. Comedy. Yeah, so he has this weird kind of comedy edge, and he's really old now. And it's I don't know. It was, Would you? It, I re- yeah. Now, oh my god, no. <laughs> he's like in his nineties or something. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long lockdown. Uh, but there was this weird uh, pay system in the cinema where you go and you have to, like if you're ordering popcorn or whatever, you have to order at the machine and then you yeah. go pick it up and blow. And I, there was, um, I'm going to just call it. It was Cinema and Rat Minds. Okay. I was like, there was really badly marked and like, you have to go over here, about three people saying, you go over here, you pick it up. I was like, me and my friend were like, what? What is this? This is my yeah, sense. Yeah. So I went, ordered it, bought the food, bought the drinks, whatever. And then I went to, I said, I just picked my thing. They're like, oh, you need the receipt. And I was like, where's the fucking receipt? So I went back to the machine, the receipt's gone. Next thing, this man and woman, they were like, oh, is this your receipt? They're going to take my food. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, I snatched, I snatched it out of their hand quick as day. That's I was gross. like, "Thank you," <laughs> you know, when you're like, "Thank you." <laughs> That's my favorite cinema, and the reason is there's rarely no one, yeah, a kid, it's very quiet, no kids though, no teenagers. Like you just don't see them. Maybe they just don't live around that area. I've no idea. So that's my favorite one to go to. Yeah, no, it is, and it was grand, and it was nice to just get out of the house. But again, I think it's going to take a while before the movies bounce back. And also, sorry, while we're talking about this. Um, concert tickets. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So, like, currently, my uh, I'm waiting to see the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. I'm waiting to see Steps, and I'm waiting to see Celine Dion. Okay. All of which are just in limbo. Seem to be on. They seem to be on like perpetual hiatus. You know, reschedule. Yeah. So what what is going to happen there? What's the I story? mean, just call me out to being a right. Just call me out. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, see, you've been living that life as well. But if I get one more message from Ticketmaster saying your gig has been rescheduled, I'm just like, oh, here. Do you know what? Like Celine Dion should be dust and bones by the time. Well, not that she's already like she's already skin and bone, but she's gonna be dust and bones by the time I get to see her. And then the pussycat dolls will be like in their eighties. So what's going on? <laughs> I wanted to have something because you were talking about like fellas and like being out locked down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like when you finally have that first kiss after a long lockdown, right. how, how, how do you think it's going to be? It's going to be very romantic. How do you know I haven't had it? Because <laughs> I would have heard about it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Secret of um, Sally. Oh no, like it's going to be very special, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be like, you know, in... Um, You've only like, done blowies on. in the lockdown. You haven't kissed anyone. <laughs> yeah, no kissing on the mouth, like Vivian Ward from Pretty Woman. <laughs> no kissing on the mouth. Um, 
No, I don't know. God knows. Like, that's the least of my concerns at the, at the moment. I just, like, I just want, what's that song? Is that, that Shirley Bass song? Let me live. <laughs> Let <laughs> me live. <laughs> this is my life. Let me live. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so the one, there's no great romance no- novel about to play no, then. To be the definitely same. not. Like, it's not going to be like the scene in Pocahontas where John Smith and Pocahontas go through the weeping willow and then it's all uh, mood flies. But no, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> well, give me a wetter of the week then. Someone, someone that caught okay. your eye over the last week. I want a wetter. Someone who is wetter, wetter of the week. Um, who is in a, always a wetter of the week is Danny Cipriani. Do you know who he is? Oh, what does he do? Danny Cipriani is, he used to play rugby for England. He used to go out with Kelly Brook. He went out with Katie Price. Yes. Do you know him? Yeah. Uh, Have we only he, picked rugby people so far? I don't know. They just seem to come into my psyche. They come up on my. They come. I, mean, I just write people's names down as they come into my psyche. So I have a little list of people. They're not some of them are reality stars, and it's just by chance he was coming out to me. Like he's just popping out on the list. But he had this weird kind of like you know, he was one of these kind of love rats, and you know I'm always I don't know I'm always drawn to love rats. Yeah. Do you know why? And Do you like? Cause you're a woman who likes danger. <laughs> it's true Danger Lady, Mouse <laughs> Lady Jane, Danger we're talking about The lipstick Lady from Danger. Mac Yeah An orangey red mm-hmm. uh, And Yeah so he's uh, he, he put up this big thing Where he's like a changed man now He's got married And But I always just think With people like that I was like Do they ever I don't think they ever really change oh, Like I- I don't know. Do I'd they... like to think so because I mean, God help whoever's with them next. But like, yeah, I think. Oh, what is it? Like, once a cheater, always a cheater. Is that what they say? Yeah, once a cheater, always a cheater. But I always just think like that. That I want. I just can't see people really changing. And they mm. always say like, you know, a leopard never changes their spots. And I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm be, like. I'm just from what I've seen in the past. I wouldn't be hopeful. Yeah. Do you know what we could all do with though, listeners? Is um after a long Pride Month, send us a few of your own wetsers into our DMs. We always want to see a good wetser. Do you know what actually is the whole point of Wester of the Week is that actually like kind of like realer people or people that aren't big celebs yeah. or people that we can give like, you know, give out their hashtags on Instagram or people that are actually just like local Wester of the Week. Yeah, like support your- local. Martin, what's your name? Martin from Virgin Media One. What's his name? Martin King. Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> yeah? <There you> go. <laughs> Martin King. Yeah. yeah. No, like so. You know, anyone that if even fancies himself as a wetter of the week, let us know. Just give us an at on DM us on Instagram at Petty Little Things Pod and. Like someone who has maybe like a, a minimal following that we could mm-hmm. kind of just be like, we'll have a little stock. Mm-hmm. Davina's basically pushing to see all the pictures of your cross, uh, of your personal trainers. That's what she's hoping yeah. for here. <laughs> so send her those. That. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's pause for a quick petty promotional moment because over on our Patreon, which is basically our members site, we've got like a private members site, which sounds oh. very raw share. A members, le- a Ruby Lounge. <laughs> oh, come into the Ruby Lounge. Okay, so over there at the moment, we have a brand new video that's available. It is um, our Gogglebox ripoff show called Dragglebox, where we are mm-hmm. watching another uh, flashback video that's just a decade old that I spoke to drag journalist Blunted McGee. And Davina's in the background of both the video at the time slagging me and the video of us watching <laughs> slagging me. It's basically 28 minutes of Davina reading me to filth. And I'm not going to lie, we had a very good time filming it. And I we think did. you'll really enjoy it as well. Um, we've got a patreon member of the month though we do we have a very special patreon member of the month and it's going out this week all the way to bray county wicklow the gorgeous ashling flynn she used to be miss bray Mm -hmm. back in 1987 i think it was yes so 
no, I'm only joking. It wasn't. It was in the 90s, I think. But Ashing, you are our petty patron of the week. So uh, thanks for all the support. And of course, we uh, did have our last patron pride event there during June. Now, I know it was obviously people were going to outdoor dining. So the numbers weren't great, but it was summertime. So we just wanted to put on a little something and have yeah, a little bit of fun. But we're going to be doing more. You. Yeah. And we're going to be doing more little live events. So thanks to everyone that did come and support and have a bit of fun because they are actually just a little bit wild. And we get... As they say in scary movie, we got Buck Wild in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> but a reminder to all our straight listeners, any straight listeners who don't subscribe to our Patreon, um, this being Pride Month, if you don't subscribe, that is what we like to call homophobia. Yes. And and hom- all homophobes will be prosecuted. <laughs> so, yeah. So, do no, do support us. If you haven't signed up to our Patreon, there's lots of really fun things and lots of fun events and all that. And there is price payment plans for every budget. So, do check it out. Oh, my that God. Not you, Kerry Gatona. Fast cash uh, for fast ladies. Cashlady.co.uk. Oh, <laughs> we have a budget we've for all, everyone. We've all got money troubles. Money <laughs> troubles. Oh, I love that ad. I'm going to watch that on YouTube straight after this. Um, okay, so we do have a very special interview coming up. It is basically the last of our Pride content related. And uh, we actually spoke to this person, I'm going to say, close to three or four months ago, right? just feels like that. It wasn't actually that long ago. Um, but it is a very educational talk. It's all about kind of the beginnings of Pride and um, Pride history and LGBT plus history. So it's quite interesting. And we learned a lot that we didn't know. So uh, check it out. We have Dr. Patrick McDonough coming up. After this little jingle, bing bong, bing bong. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a doctor. We have a doctor in the house. Uh, we have the gorgeous Mr. Dr. Patrick McDonough is here, going to be educating us on everything all about gay activism in Ireland and the history. So thank you, doctor. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, million. It's great. I feel like a celebrity being invited on to this particular podcast. So. <laughs> I don't think you're on the right <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we're mostly here because both our mothers want us to marry a doctor. So yeah. you might think of this, um, well, like, this is like first dates, but virtual. And you get two for the price of one. Well, you exciting. actually you actually just got married, didn't you? I did, yeah, you last did. September in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been a cut him off now. Yeah, congratulations. Cut, cut him off now. <laughs> you went to Denmark. Denmark, yeah. Oh, we literally wow. just met it the day before they, they banned people coming from Ireland. So yeah, it's a bit, oh, wow. a bit stressful trying to get there. But uh, yeah, it was lovely. I'm at least you got it done before. I think trying to get married in, in a pandemic, I think, is a nightmare. Yeah. Like And it wouldn't be a gay wedding if there wasn't something coming down yeah. the line of like trying to ban <laughs> something, you know Some what I mean? Drama. So I mean you had the drama, you had the moment, and congratulations, show us yeah. the ring. I mean, nobody at home can see. Oh, it's oh, stunning. Very glad. Stunning. I that's definitely from um the Katie Price collection isn't yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Um, firstly what's it like being called a doctor i mean yeah. like I, i've often wondered because we we're called so many things in our walk of life <laughs> never a doctor <laughs> never a doctor well i mean i obviously use it a lot just because i think it looks cool but you know my day job nobody gives a shit about it yeah. <laughs> and tell us like what like how did you get your doctorate tell us about about your degree and tell us what you've done your background tell us a little bit about yourself there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com weightloss weight loss. That's PlushCare.com weightloss weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes, I would have moved to Dublin in 2011 to start a master's in UCD. And after that, really what I wanted to do was to go into teaching. So I had my two subjects, history and German. And to do the, the teaching course, you had to get a a school that you could um, train in but unfortunately I contacted, contacted 70 schools and none of them were interested in my subjects which were German and history okay <laughs> the German was just no and no go so then I had to kind of rethink what we were going to do yeah. and then I saw this PhD opportunity in Florence so I said why not very <laughs> glam Florence <laughs> we know her yeah. oh she's a good time Florence is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of everything went from there then I got accepted I got a nice scholarship and and what was, was that well. in in Florence what were you doing what were you studying over there History. So I did okay. my, my proposal, which was on the history of gay and lesbian activism in okay. Ireland. And then, yeah, they, they liked the idea of it. Um, so I was invited to interview. And yeah, the Brilliant. rest is history. Patrick, how do you feel about drag queens changing the word history to herstory? I'm just curious. It's a stupid question, but like it's become one of those little drag slang words now. Mm. Uh, would you be fully versed in herstory? Yeah, well. yeah, you see it in academia as well. It's becoming a lot more common. Again, just really to highlight, I suppose that women and others were certainly part of this history because it is so male-dominated. Mm. Um, so I think the more of it I see, the better. Yeah. It's great. Love that. Okay, well, Doctor, we have some serious questions for you. I mean, hold tight there uh, via Zoom. Listen, we're coming up to uh, the second Pride that looks like it's going to be virtual again. Yeah. And we got through the first one. Uh, it's such an important time of year for everyone, especially for those outside of Dublin who maybe mm-hmm. don't walk am- among their streets to see people just like them or have like supporting people around them. And it, it looks like it's potentially going to be virtual again. Yeah. We kind of know about some of the roots of Pride in Ireland. But to be honest, we need a proper educated doctor like yourself uh, <laughs> to talk us through a bit more. And we know that you've done a lot of research. So um, tell us about, I suppose, like Pride and where it kind of came about in Ireland. Yeah, so, so it really goes back to the, the start of the gay rights movement, which I suppose in Ireland you can probably date it to 1974 with the establishment of the Irish gay rights movement. And as it happened in, I think it was June 27, 1974, a Norwegian group, in fact, dedicated gay pride to Ireland that particular year. So as part of that, a number of individuals, there was only 12 at the time, David Norris was one of them, Geoffrey Dudgeon was another. They um, walked the Department of Justice and the British Embassy and they had a small little demo. And really, I suppose we can say that was the first kind of gay pride demonstration in Ireland. And they carried these wonderful banners, one which was homosexuals are revolting. Um, the other was um, gay love is good, um, lesbian love is great. Um, and then it's, it's a few more years then we go to 1979, and really that's the start of, of gay pride in Ireland. Now, a march or a parade doesn't take place. Um, there's a week-long event. So in 1979, they had a release of pink balloons on uh, Grafton Street. But one of the events which were quite popular before gay pride march in 1983 was pub 
pub zaps. And I think they were quite brave, the individuals that took part in these pub zaps. So really what they were trying to do was they would go around to a number of different pubs in, okay. in Dublin and they'd wear as much gay pride stuff, they'd have badges, pink yeah. carnation. Yeah. And they were trying to see um, how many places they would be served and how many places they would be kicked out of. Wow. For, the majority, yeah, for the majority of the cases, they were kicked out. I remember in 1982, I think they maybe went to 15 places and at least eight or nine kicked them out. That is shocking. Um, that's yeah it's and I, to be honest i've never heard that before that is no. like that is and th- that's part of the reason i think why we wanted to have you on because i think a lot of people that's really fresh information that a lot of people wouldn't know and that's basic kind of history and irish yeah. history about our community and it's I, boots on the ground as well yeah you know it's like yeah. and and just in case anyone like who is listening doesn't know obviously homosexuality was illegal in ireland at that time so they could mm. easily throw you out and uh, there was nothing you could really do about it, I presume. Yeah, I mean, there was very, I mean, the atmosphere, not even just for the gay community, but young women, you know, the, the rights just weren't there for, we say, people who were didn't conform to societal yeah. norms at that stage. And they used to also, before the marches, they used to also take to the streets leafleting in, in Dublin and they'd have their pink carnations and there's some... A wonderful collection of photos which hopefully the National Library will be released and soon just of people handing out those leaflets and you can just see the reaction of people some are kind of like what's this all about yeah but you'd see some as well who were actually quite engaged and I remember yeah. as well down in Cork in 1981 as part of their gay pride celebrations um a number of individuals from what was then known as the Cork Irish Gay Rights Movement, they climbed to the top of the Cumara Mountains in Waterford and they erected a pink triangle at the top. Yeah. And this went into the Irish Times and one particular reader was absolutely horrified and she thought it was really insensitive and an act of vandalism. But you know, there were some quite brave people yeah. to go to the top of those mountains, put up that pink triangle. God, um, yeah. That's um that's all fascinating. I think like that's why the community I think need to know those kind of literal like things that happened mm-hmm. like for yeah. like yeah because I mean even in my time yeah. like taking part in the the pride parade like I I mean my first year I was very nervous. I definitely was nervous. I was walking along and everyone else seemed very like chilled. I had only just come out, but I mean. I was still welcomed on the streets. Do you know that kind of way? I didn't come up against any issues. Whereas this time, obviously, was very different. Very different. Um, Like, you were saying that was back in, like, that would have been, like, the 70s? Like, 82? Around that time? So, yeah, so they started these gay Pride Week celebrations, they called them in 1979. They they continued until um, probably about 1985. But 1983, I suppose, is a defining moment mm-hmm. in, in Irish queer history um, because that's really when there's the, the first proper, shall we say, protest. They call it a protest march rather than a gay pride yeah. parade. So just, I suppose, to, to symbolise the, the particular context of that particular event because it followed on from uh, the Fairview Park protest march. Mm-hmm. And for those who aren't familiar, um, in, in September 1982, a, a gay man called Declan Flynn was... was murdered effectively in Fairview Park. He was queer bashed by five youths who openly admitted that they went to Fairview Park to, to queer bash was the term they used. And shockingly, the, the judge decided that this couldn't be seen as a murder and they were found guilty of manslaughter and given suspended sentence. And that sent a massive um, oh. shock across the gay community. Mm, courageous. 
really, really that, like it, even when you hear that now, it's it's so shocking now. Mm-hmm. But um, like at the time, just the kind of it it says a lot about the kind of the way the p- people thought and the way people related to the gay community. Like it's 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 very hard to believe, and I think probably a lot of maybe younger people listening to this will be like, yeah, it's it's beyond comprehension, you right. know. Yeah, I posted about the uh, Declan Flynn murder last year at Pride and it, so many people didn't know about it at all and it's such a huge part of our gay history here. So that kind of surprised me. But um, I, I, I've I, never followed up to see if anything happened regarding that case like in like 10 years later or 20 years later. Did anything happen ever with those individuals ever after that? No? No, and I know I think one of them certainly got in trouble again later on with the law. But again, it was just the context of, of that time, because the same year that Declan Flynn was brutally killed, there was another gay man, Charles Self, which many might be familiar with. He was murdered in his home. And to this day, they haven't found um, who was responsible for his, his murder. But what was shocking about that one as well was the, the police investigation into it. Um, I've heard anecdotally that about 1,500 gay men were questioned in relation to that particular killing. That, and, was, um, you know, that, that was a murder out in, I think it was near Sea Point, wasn't it? Was that that one? Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, he had worked at RTE at yes, the time. Um, yeah. yeah, and you know, a lot of those gay men who were questioned were out to their family, yeah. friends and colleagues. And I was talking to one individual there last week about it and he was saying how many immigrated because they just... They weren't ready to be out to their yeah. family. And then a few months after that, then you had the Garda Representative Association, the, yeah, the General Secretary of the Garda Representative Association, blaming gay rights activists and pro-abortionists for the rise in, in crime. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking this is in the context of uh, you know, the brutal killing of Charles Self and then later on in the year, Declan Flynn. So there was really, the gay community were really up against it at that time, you know, and they really had to fend for themselves and really, that's why Fairview Park, um, the protest march was organised, really just to say, listen, enough is enough. We're not going to sit back here and, you know, put up with this sort of violence. Mm. Um, Very brave. That, Very brave. Oh, yeah, massively so. I mean, at the time, estimates were that 400 to 1,000 people marched, depending on who you organised. Um, and they went from Liberty Hall um, all the way to Fairview Park. And again, that was quite, even going to Fairview, Fairview Park was quite brave because I think a few days earlier, those who were released had, had organised a celebratory um, kind of event in Fairview because, of course, they had been released. Yeah. So the, you know, they, they were celebrating their release. Really so it's going to Fairview Park and to say, listen, stop violence against mm. gay men and women was extremely brave at that time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, one of the things, one of the reasons why um, we wanted to have you on, I think, is because you have got that knowledge and you've done the research and kind of gone back. And, and I often think about, you know, uh, like we have, as you were saying, like back to a certain point and there's like so much you could go. But but it, I think about now, even as you're talking, I think about what kind of had gone on before this because you know like even in the uk for example like they have they have queer history back into the 20s and and i we don't seem to really have that in ireland and it just makes me think as, as we're talking just about things that didn't go reported things that didn't you know make the cut or whatever you know like th- that has gone on like probably some atrocities well yeah i mean one of the things that i'm particularly interested in but the problem is you, you can't get into the archives to see these is around aversion or conversion therapy. Okay. You know, I think a lot of that probably did happen in Ireland, yeah. but 
because of the, the nature of the, the material, they're closed off for 100 years. And one thing that surprised me, I, I came across this letter to Out magazine. So Out was a magazine published in between 1984 to 1988. It was a gay magazine. Mm-hmm. And one individual sent in a very short letter to the magazine saying that he had just come out to his mother and his mother had went to the doctor and she wanted him to go through conversion therapy. And he actually said that there was a, a, a price. It was something like £2,000 at the time, but that the doctor was 100% confident that he could be cured. Wow. And the mother told him that, you know, this is what, while it would have bankrupted her, that if this is what his father would have wanted. Mm. So mm. I think there's a lot of those kind of yeah. stories that did happen, but because of the nature of the sources, yeah. as historians and as we can't get in, and I wanted to do a postdoc on that, but I couldn't get into the sources because I just, I feel that there are those There has to be, there. there has to be. Like, and you know, Ireland is, is renowned for a shady past. You know, there's a lot of things that were brushed under the, the carpet and I think mm. something like that. But I think being in a minority of, of you know, a minority group that was already kind of living, you know, low key, you know, so many things must have gone on. Like it must have. Yeah, well, there was a doctor in 1973. He was working in UCD at the time, and he called on the government to, um, instead of sending homosexuals to jail, he said that they should send them to hospital because he was convinced he could cure them. So he's just going to offer the cure and he was going to do. That's in 1973. It's not all that long ago. That's crazy. And that that, that letter was written in 1985 sometimes. So, you know, even into the late 1980s, somebody was charged into convert or cure gay men and mm-hmm. um, very isolated and i i think it is important though even like that wasn't that long ago and i think people need to kind of keep that in mind because i think it's so easy now to kind of like i i still think we've a long way to go i think mm-hmm. things aren't <laughs> rosy and you know we're not everything's not like you know what i mean like it's not perfect but there's we've come so far in such a a small space of time but i think it's so important to know these things Mm -hmm. and to know the history Mm -hmm. because it's not that long ago and things can go backwards look what happened in the u.s so recently like when so many of their legislation went backwards because of who was leading the country and that potential has the same potential across the world i think too um just to bring it back to to pride because obviously they marched to fairview park um I hadn't heard whether there was any obstruction along the way or whether there was any issues or did did it successfully happen and were people supportive because because obviously not just gay people must have been outraged by the the um outcome by the judge other people must have been too. Yeah, they did get a lot of a lot of support. Again, it was probably from more progressive groups. So this again has taken place in the context of the anti-amendment campaign, which again was part of um, introducing a constitutional ban to um, uh, make abortion illegal. Um, and a lot of the gay groups would have been supportive of the anti-amendment campaign. So when they organised the Fairview Park protest march, a lot of the groups involved with the anti-amendment campaign come out in support of the, the organisers, which was the Dublin Gay Collective, National Gay Federation, the Cork Gay Collective. You also have the likes of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, which was very supportive as well. And in particular, the some of the trade unions and um one of the biggest supporters is the Union of Students in Ireland, and they often don't get a lot of recognition for being one of the fir- very first groups to actually pass a motion supporting gay rights. Yeah. So as I said, I mean, depending on who you asked, about 400 to 1,000 people did march to Fairview Park 
there were speeches and I mean it was massive a massive news event so you can go to any of the papers at that time and you see photos um, and we say comments from those who took part so it did attract an awful lot of media attention mm-hmm. and has been described as, as Ireland's stonewall event and, and rightly so in many respects because it, it did really bring people to the streets and I, I read some more interviews with individuals and one individual struck struck me he said you know he would he would never have marched before it wouldn't have been something he did but he just felt that this was such an important thing to be seen to be marching on and he decided he was going to march in that particular event and i'm sure that was the case for a lot of others because there wouldn't have been so many overtly involved in in politics at that time the the gay rights organization so even if we take 400 marched Mm -hmm. that's a massive amount yeah. I think maybe the first gay pride in London only had something like 700. So when you look at that context, 400 is huge yeah. for Ireland. Right. I think it was a, it's a real statement to March as well. It is like, you know, it's being out and proud to absolutely everyone in a time that maybe it wasn't welcomed by everyone. I, I'm curious. And I think as well, as I think even association, I think, you know, because it was like allies now. Yeah. Was it was, you know, people were afraid to be seen to be supporting because yeah. even though, even if they weren't gay themselves, yeah. Yeah. you know, like that would have been an issue, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were. Ver- I mean, if you look back at this period, there were very few like very few um, openly speaking out in support of gay rights. It just wasn't. So, for most part, politicians just weren't interested. Mm-hmm. You know, they just wanted to ignore the issue. Um, so when you had the likes of the USI, ICL the Irish Congress of Trade Unions actually coming out in support. It was a massive event. And I would imagine it provided a lot of encouragement to activists as well, saying, listen, our messaging is working. Some people are coming out to support us. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do agree that it took a lot of courage for those organisations to be associated with, with that march. And it's important to say as well that it was also to women as well, because those women would have felt that their um, bodily autonomy was under attack as well at yeah. that time. And again, rightly so with the, the Eighth Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, it's, it was a particularly difficult time yeah, right. for women as well. I was curious what part of the Hirschfield Centre, which is something that I've heard mentioned a lot, but I'm not actually over familiar with, um, with the Hirschfield Centre and what was going on. Tell me whatever you know, I suppose. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 such a shame. It's it's, it's still not there. When you walk down into Fine Street and Temple Bar, like you can still see the the outline of the building. So it opened in nineteen seventy nine, and I suppose it, it really it kept going until nineteen eighty seven, and it had everything when you think about it. Obviously, it was the headquarters for the National Gay Federation, which was I suppose the main organisation at that time, set up in nineteen seventy nine by David Norris and others. But, you know, we had a gay cinema in there from 1979 to 1986, you know, the likes of, um, I think, that the Harvey Mill documentary premiere yeah, at the Hershey Centre. It had a telephone support service, Telefriend, which was a very important line, for, particularly for those who were isolated. They could oh, call gosh, it. Yeah, lifeline, I'd say. Yeah, and talk to people who were similar to them. Um, there was a group called Liberation for Irish Lesbians who were there. Um and discos, they called the disco flickers, and that was extremely important. It was the Dutch word for faggot. Um, but I remember the Irish Times described it as the, the best disco in, in Ireland because they had the most up-to-date records. Well, the gays and are always on top of the tunes, aren't they? Always. like <laughs> That's across the board. Yeah, and that was coming from London and New York. So there'd be people going back and forth, and they'd be bringing the... The, the, the songs and they'd be playing them. So they had, it had a really good reputation for top quality music. Mm-hmm. And uh, was that 
obviously it's in Temple Bar. It's right in the centre of the city centre. And people must have known what the building represented. I mean, how did that sit in Ireland at the time? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the, the interesting contradictions about Irish history and Irish society more generally. You know, it, it did have a quite a, a public... Um, there was a lot of people who knew about it. I mean, in 1981, RTE actually did a short... 10-minute documentary on the Hirschfeld Centre. And it was I think I've seen that, actually. I think I've seen yeah, that, yeah. People, people dance. And I mean, it was its opening was covered by all the, the national mainstream um, publications. Um, so it would have had quite a high um, reputation. Um, and again, they wouldn't have been trying to hide it. You know, they, they'd certainly, the National Gay Federation publicly advertised it as a gay centre. So if you pick up the likes of Hot Press, or in Dublin for the 1980s, you'll see the Hirschfield Centre yeah. flickers in, in the advertisements. Um, but I've no doubt now, I haven't come across many um, incidents, um, but I'm sure it did have um, some people who were, <laughs> weren't yeah. overly happy about it. I mean, it, it was burnt down in 1985, which many believe was done deliberately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, if you look back at any person you went to, it was just a really great place. Yeah. Um, and can I ask, like, the Herschel Centre would have been like really like synonymous with Dublin, and and like you know the the gay community, I suppose, would have like centralised around there. But have you have you come across anything that was similar to that that was outside Dublin, or anything that was you know? Because I know even now there's still kind of rural groups and things like that. But have you heard, have had anything that was similar, maybe elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, so Cork had pretty had a pretty active um, gay community and gay scene and gay activism in the, the 1980s. So in 1977, they opened up what was known as the Phoenix Club in McCurtain Street, and that ran until 1986 and would have been similar to the Hirschfeld Centre. It had discos every yeah. Friday, Saturday and, and Sunday night, a telephone befriending service. Um, you also had the key co-op now slightly different it would um, you know it had a, a gay bookstore and a number of other things but in terms of something similar with Hirschfeld Centre the Phoenix Club in, in McCartan Street which was set up by the Irish Gay Rights Movement was, was um, popular but you'd also see like in Galway as well what was interesting is a lot of people were organising um, uh, um, socials in hotels oh yeah um, so you'd have I remember one as well in Clonmel which I thought was quite funny and um, so they booked it under this um, anonymous name and they used to have these meetings quite regularly and one individual would come along with a, a box of merchandise. So these would be the likes of dildos and other sex ties. Yeah. <laughs> in the late 1980s in Clanmel. So, you know, there was... <laughs> Very progressive. <laughs> okay, we're going to just cut that there, guys. So if you want to hear more from the lovely Dr. Patrick McDonough, you can head over to our Patreon and find out more and be educated over there a little bit more. So he's a doctor a doctor a doctor in the house oh. yes yeah, so check that out she's gonna be a doctor's wife but in the meantime here is our favorite time of the week it is Rotter of the week on petty little things Right, Davina, I'm ready to get rotted. I have so much to get off my chest. And honestly, I think also I'm excited to see your facial reaction to both of these. Okay, okay. (laughs) Just call her Rotzilla. (laughs) (laughs) It's Rotzilla, Rotzilla, Rotzilla. Um, Okay, shall I kick it off? Yes, let's do. Okay, my first rotter of the week is, okay. People on aeroplanes, not two minutes 
up into the air and they need to go for a piss straight away. Oh, okay. Bitch, we have been in the airport for almost two hours before that flight took off. Why? And and then, like, if you're the person on the aisle seat, by the way, which I'm fond of an aisle seat, then everyone has to go up. Let's go for a piss. And then you have to come back to myself. Also, bear in mind, my flight was 25 minutes. 25 fucking minutes. And I'd say, like, half the plane went for a piss in that 25 minutes. What are you all drinking? I have to say, what is the story with people with those tiny bladders? So, like, seriously, just, like, I could, honestly, maybe it's something to do with tucking. Because I think, like, we have mastered the art of, like, being able to hold piss for ages. Mm-hmm. We could literally hold it in for hours. Now, that being said, when it has to go, we have <gasps> to go. Okay, okay, but- well, like... Firstly, we are good at holding piss in general. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, like you know, we can hold and our piss. And you know piss. that term, she can't hold her own piss. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> we can. Have you ever wet yourself and drag, though? Never. Okay, I've had a little bit of pee just because, like, okay, there's this thing where you're walking up the steps to the dressing room of the George but it's four flights and it's like as soon as one it's heel it's actually six flights okay six but as soon as one heel touches that step for me and I've been holding my pee for hours and hours and hours it's almost like emergency pee feels it goes like it's like yeah. your body knows it's about to come so I start to move faster and faster and faster and then I have six pairs of tights on so to get them oh, off yeah. with nails and to try and not you know cut yourself with your nails yeah. too like I have definitely pissed myself a little bit for sure Absolutely. And there's definitely been times, I think, over the years, with like lacerated balls. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, listen, if you're wearing those coffin nails, good luck to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Good luck. You should come with a safety warning. Absolutely. <laughs> like sharp objects in, in, in here. But like, come on, why, why do they need to pee after two minutes? It's almost as if they're going in for a nose. Uh, like, can they rub any of the hand soap? Uh, what, what is going on? I have no idea. It's it maybe they're going for a sneaky cigarette. <laughs> um, a, a little vape. A, a little vape. Serial vapists. Uh, okay, so my um one of my first rodders of the week is, and you did remind me about this because it came up last week, mm. and you said write that down, and I I didn't write it down, but it did stay in my head because okay. I was thinking about it a lot. Is that over the years, you know, when you'd meet people and you're in a social situation with like lots of people, mm-hmm. and now I I. We met someone last week uh, in a virtual context that brought this back to us. Oh. And it would be, how would you say? So you'd be in a group of people mm-hmm. and you'd be getting on great with, with say, like, say there's a group of four, four boys, say yeah. me four boys, and you're getting on great with everyone. But one of the boys just isn't getting the reaction out of you that, that they think they should be. Like, they just feel like that. You know, they wouldn't have maybe as much in common with you or and you'd be maybe having more laughs with their friends. Yes. And you just wouldn't. You don't. Sometimes you just don't click with everyone. Yeah. But, you know, there's no badness. Just it's just the way it is. You're closer. You prefer this person. You have more in common with that person. Yeah. Then the and this has happened a few times. This thing comes out because you're not reacting to them, laughing at their jokes or giving them the attention that they feel they need. Mm-hmm. You get this. Why do you hate me? Yes. Yes. Why do you hate me? I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Firstly, firstly, I don't hate you. Mm-hmm. But now the fact that you're saying that to me makes me kind of go, actually, do I hate you? I, I think actually, you might do. It's the neediness yeah. that I actually hate. I hate that neediness in someone. Why do you hate me? Because I'm not giving you what you need. Because yeah. I'm not giving you the reaction that you need. And this has happened 
to me throughout the years it's like if you don't flourish attention on someone mm-hmm. that they feel they deserve yeah also i'm like why do you why do you even care what i think do you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah like yeah. i'm not thinking about it that deep it doesn't go that deep for me but anyone that's like so needy to be like why do you hate me even though i'm treating you exactly the same as i would be your friends mm-hmm. like it's making me kind of go what is wrong with you do you know what i mean what like, yeah well let's so, say facts if you did hate them I wouldn't be talking to them at no, all. No, they'd like, know all them... about it. They'd, they'd know, know all about it. About yeah. it. So, so the fact that like I'm still there and mm-hmm. present is like I don't like I I don't anyone that I hate I have no time for. I just yeah. don't engage with whatsoever. As Meredith Marks say, I'm disengaging. <laughs> I'm disengaging. So, yeah. So if I don't engage with you, it's probably because. I hate you. Girl, <laughs> I nearly gagged yesterday. You were after giving me a flashback. So I was sitting, like, about to start painting my face, and Jackie Cox, um, who's on this tour, is came out from the dressing room in a Brooks Marks tracksuit. Oh, wow. Oh, my to God. Toe. Brooks. Hilarious. Oh, my God. In drag or out of drag? Out of drag. Out of drag. Um, oh, wow. So I got to see it up close, and I'm going to say... Go on. <laughs> It doesn't look that expensive. <laughs> like, of course it's not. Hello. It's like, that is like direct from like, you know, like AliExpress. Of course it yeah. is. And then with like a few little logos on. And that's like Meredith's jewellery. Oh. Like, come on. Oh. Like, yeah. Well, I like, it's so gagged. Because, oh my God, you know, because I was listening to a podcast. Sorry, we're talking about the, one of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Meredith Marks, and she makes jewellery. Yeah. And now her son who's a member of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. He has Brooks Marks t- uh, tracksuits. Track and somebody, Meredith has a store in Salt Lake City, like a, what would you say, like a HQ store. And you can go in and actually see the jewellery. But uh, somebody who, this other podcast I listened to, one of the girls went to the store mm-hmm. and she has accessories and things like that. And on the labels, it says made in China. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, it's totally just, that's what all these people do. They buy it in bulk. They change the labels. Yeah. And they rip you off. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. yeah, you're buying into something that's not real. Like, yeah. Very fair. Okay. Are you ready okay. for this next one? Yes, because please. it's been so long since I've been in um, a hotel that I forgot. Okay. <sighs> hotel rooms with pl- uh, plug sockets, the complete oh, yeah. opposite end of the room to the fucking bed. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Good. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, I like I, I think this is the third or fourth hotel we stayed in. And, like, I got in late last night and I actually wanted to throw something across the room. Because, it's like, my phone is dying. And, yeah. I, I like, I'm you not... You need the power. I need the power. But also, I had people to reply to before going to bed. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to be in bed. Like... We're staying in a hotel to relax, hun. We don't need to be standing beside a fucking wall at the same time. You need to get the power, the what are they called? The power, the battery power packs. You yes. need to get a few of them on the go and actually just keep them in loop. Mm-hmm. See, I watch a lot of the hotel inspector and that's always an issue that she's always raising. Okay. And also about like having, why would there be one bed stand or yeah. one bedside table and not two? Yeah. When there's yes. Room Hold on, let me yeah. check this room. Let me see. Oh no, you're not seeing Good. this room. I've exploded all over it. <laughs> That's a very small room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. Well, it's listen, really... you've been in my apartment, girl. This is no, sizable. but this is, this is small. So hang on, is that the? Sorry, I'm just looking at Victoria. I'm going to describe it to you, okay? So okay, hold on here. I'll lift up the camera so you can see more. Yeah. Okay, so there's a double bed. Yeah. And a window is right beside the double bed. So the windowsill is right touching the bed. Then there's a sliding door into a bathroom, which looks very, it looks like a wardrobe. Yeah. And then I'm guessing there's, a, that's a fucking tiny room. Uh, the only thing I will say is, as troppy girls, 
there's really good air conditioning in the room. That's Do you there. know what? I'm not being. I've watched loads of documentaries about Mount, Mount Joy Prison. Yeah. There's some cells that are actually bigger than that. I honestly, because <laughs> I was in another hotel the night before, and I actually should have sent you photos of that. Actually, we were on was the, that bad? We were on the phone, and I remember I was like, I Oh, yeah. You were talking. I was like, Why are you talking so quiet? I was like, Because the walls are like paper thin. I thought people were going to be able to hear, and we were dishing the glass like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. And I, that is understandable, especially in a room like that. That is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, my next Roger of the Week is, again, because, like, you know, people are having little soirees and little get-togethers. So I've only had little little small get-togethers. But if there is somebody playing music at a party. Yes. And the music we're playing, and I'm, I'm a chatter at a party, so I love to chat and, like, talk about all sorts and, like, get into it. So I'm not really kind of focused on the music. Uh-huh. There's always somebody at the fucking party who'll be like, can I put on a song? Can I put on a song? And we're like, yeah, like put it on, but put on whatever you want on. Mm-hmm. But then they put on their song, you're going to love this song. Mm. And they always put on some song that's like, shite. You're like, never heard of <laughs> before. You're like, oh, you know this song? Not a fucking word in the song. Just music that are dancing at you. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, and then you just go back to talking. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, oh, can I play one of my other songs? I said, you can fucking play all the songs you want. Yeah. So yeah. anyone who thinks of the human jukebox at a party. Yeah. Like, Things everyone else wants to listen to your crap lyricless songs yeah. at a party. Yeah. No, you're yeah. my rotter. To add to that, I hate when people put on a song when there's a playlist playing and yes. the music is flowing nicely and they that's want what to put I mean. one song on. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. And then they They'll... leave you and they don't put on the next song or a playlist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I mean. you're back fucking having to sort out the music. That's what I mean. And then, of course, in silence, and it stops the conversation. Mm. So it actually is very, it's very intrusive. Very intrusive. Very intrusive. Yeah, so that's my ride of the week. So the human jukebox, that's just like a, like an Eddie Rockets table jukebox. It just plays one song mm-hmm. and then fucks off for cheese, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. They're my ride of the week. <laughs> well, um, before we go, I need to tell you about this plane journey because I got a flashback. Um, uh, The girl beside me, not only was I inconvenienced with pissers, um, the girl beside me also vomited. <laughs> she vomited. Oh. I really got. <laughs> I got the full experience. Like I, I you know when you're sitting she there, right beside you, right beside me, and oh. you know when you're sitting there and like you're kind of not, you're zoning out from whatever's going on around you. Yeah. And I just heard her whisper to the air hostess, um, "Could I get, a, could I get a sick back, please?" And I was like, "Oh, oh. no, no, <laughs> not this." And then the woman said, "Well, there's actually a, an empty row behind you. Would you like to like move into that?" And then she goes. No, I'm okay, thanks. And I was like, you get in there and have your vomit behind me. Behind me, not beside me. Why didn't you move? Oh, I actually didn't think about that. Uh, probably the nose of me, do you know what I mean? I was trying to see yeah. if she actually would get sick. And like, I want to know, did she blow chunks or was it just liquid? No, it was just liquid. I think she'd had a heavy night on the drink before. Um, oh, we can all relate to that. Yeah, totally. Uh, but then uh, to add salt into the wound, someone had clearly um, decided that they needed the whole plane to sing happy birthday to them because oh, no. um, the air hostess got on and started thinking that they were doing a, child- a children's holiday camp because okay. they were like, oh, down the back. Oh, 21 again <laughs> we're all oh. going to sing happy birthday and I sat there with a face like a smack dark going I'm not singing happy birthday You're it's not terrible because especially after the amount of bingo and stuff we've done like when you hear numbers like 21 keys to the door 21 you're just like ah stop <laughs> have you had dreams about, about, about doing bingo I have had dreams that I was calling bingo from the two um, pool bag chimneys at the oh, top. Oh, <laughs> I was doing pride bingo at the top of the chimneys in Ring's End. 
uh, for a Rings End community thing because obviously, like, I'm the Rings End Rose. Yeah. And they were really unstable. They were like, they were, and they, somebody was like, you know, they haven't got, they were saying they haven't got the long, long left. So they were basically kind of crumbling as I was like at the top of them. And I was like, geez, these are in bits. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, it was so real. And I was like, up really high but I remember just having given no fucks about it like just being like looking down the chimney and everything it's like (laughs) (laughs) like I would be terrified at the top of that oh my god well (laughs) Wednesday night I went to sleep after calling like bingo like seven times music bingo and then the whole night Davina I called music bingo my dreams the whole night and I woke up exhausted I was like I can't believe I just worked in my dreams as well it's so nice and just before we got on this call we were talking we have an event coming up this week and we just need to finalize a couple of kind of some things because because victoria is in a different country so we're going to like figure it out online and victoria's like we need to lay down what we're going to do and i said it's okay i had a dream about it it came to me in a dream i swear to god so we had i dreamt about the outcome of this gig yeah it's coming to us in our sleep oh my God. and that's no joke like that we are deadly serious yeah we are dreaming about these virtual events like it's absolutely nuts it's not yeah. even sleep it's not even sleep but come here it's not speaking of uh, sleep we should probably wrap this up um i yes. hope that you all enjoyed i have to say we loved our chat with them um, the lovely dr patrick and yes. um yeah it was really informative but also fun as well so hopefully you enjoyed that let us know what you thought of it but until next time Stay petty. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.